0: Hi guys, this is Zikang, host of 4D Talks Podcast. Today we have four guests, Alojan, Dish, Judah, and Zhao Yi, to share with us their views on the question: who is the most responsible for solving poverty in Singapore? <laughs> Let's give an example. City is a stay-home mom for 20 years. She is seeking help from social workers for her young children's expenses. She has three children, aged 16, 13, and 10. Her forty five-year-old husband, Abdullah, is a security guard earning 1800 a month, but his health does not permit him to work longer hours. While it seems like a reasonable expectation for Siti to go into the workforce and earn an income to supplement her husband's, she experiences great anxiety. On the surface, it seems that she lacks the skills and wisdom needed to make the right choices and live self-reliant and independent lives. However, it was revealed that she struggled to secure employment because she has no one to help care for her young children on weekends given her educational qualifications and the jobs available to her typically requires her to work weekends or after childcare operating hours. Her situation is only one of many in Singapore who are experiencing poverty due to circumstances. But why does this poverty occur in prosperous Singapore?
1: Well, over the past 10 years, Singapore has registered robust economic growth and consistently ranked among countries with the highest GDP per capita in the world. But over the same time, inequality has risen sharply. In a study of economic disparity, out of 136 countries considered, Singapore currently ranks the 26th most, most income desperate. This There are various types of poverty and various reasons to attribute this issue ranging from income inequality to government policies, all the way to psychological unrest due to past experiences or living in poverty itself.
0: Interesting. Well, what does the government think is its level of responsibility and why?
2: Well, active government intervention in general supports self-reliance and incentivizes Singaporeans to invest in themselves through key policies like the Central Provident Fund, a key anchor of Singapore's unique social security system. This is echoed in Singapore's use of a public assistance scheme to provide temporary financial assistance to needy and destitute Singaporeans. The public assistance schemes provides long-term support for Singaporeans with little or no means of income or family support, or who are unable to seek employment due to ill health, old age or disability. Today, social assistance in Singapore aims to address the specific needs of the bottom 20% of households and is positioned to complement, rather than replace, individual responsibility and family support This translates into an emphasis on helping the children so that the next generation can break out of the poverty cycle through education and employment. There are also efforts to make important services such as childcare, kindergarten and student care more readily available and accessible to help Singaporean families start up with similar opportunities in life.
0: So, what does this show about how the government views their responsibility?
3: The government sees themselves as a supporter rather than a main provider of the poor. They are designed to support them in the short to medium term, while still emphasizing self-reliance and future growth out of poverty to become self-sustainable. This is because the government is very well aware of their own personal resource constraints, and does not want the poor to become a financial burden, but rather an investment for the future.
0: But what about an individual whose main concern is typically getting out of poverty?
4: To answer that question, the question we should be asking instead is, is poverty generational in Singapore? This question tackles one of the fundamental issues of poverty, the poverty cycle. If one family cannot lift themselves out of poverty, they will pass it on to the next generation. If individuals can overcome poverty alone, then the poverty cycle in Singapore will be non-existent. This makes analysing the poverty cycle a good indication of one's ability to get out of poverty now. Let's take a look. Mr Tan Chun Singh, then Minister for Social and Family Development, stated in an interview with The Straits Times that suddenly... Anecdotally, we see that intergenerational poverty happening for certain family circumstances. We know it is challenging and the probability of perhaps poorer outcomes for the children as they grow up will be higher. So, we want to make sure that we intervene. Firstly, he acknowledges the presence of the poverty cycle even in the supposedly highly developed Singapore. Not only that, he recognised that intergenerational poverty requires governmental help This makes a strong case for the inability of the poor to lift themselves out of poverty alone, even in Singapore. So, if the government plays a huge role already, what role do they still have to play now? Common sense would tell us that they still need to work and make a living.
3: Singapore's government also operates on this assumption, as we have discussed above, notwithstanding extenuating circumstances such as disability or old age. More specifically, the government typically renders short to medium term aid and aims to get families back on their feet for the future. Assistance may be given towards children's education, subsidies for skills upgrading, topping up the incomes of poorer households, along with other forms of support, such as social intervention and employment assistance. But crucially, individuals receiving help have to share the responsibility of addressing challenges that they and their families face. They are required to carry out agreed action plans that include seeking employment, attending skills training workshops, or managing their family's finances to mitigate difficulties that they and their families face.
2: Yeah that's true. So we can agree that while government help is crucial to enable the poor to improve their standards of living and rise up the social ladder, this is clearly with the assumption that the impoverished themselves are able to personally take on the bulk of the burden of the household in the long term by upskilling and earning more. So their roles are equally as important and dependent on each other to succeed. The poorest efforts without sufficient government support is futile, but government support without self-reliance becomes a fiscal burden.
1: In conclusion, the responsibility of the government and individuals are shared. Both are indispensable and hold equal weight. At the same time, both are held back by limited resources, which has limited their effectiveness.
0: That's all for our podcast.